Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Welcome back, y'all. You literally just asked me already. And I know. Like, look, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to hold a bottle of water before we start. <laughs> Y'all go ahead without me. Um, yeah, we're back with another episode. Did we celebrate our 30th episode last time? We week? didn't because I completely forgot. Yeah, but same. it was our 30th episode last time. Ooh, That's wild. Days. It is. I mean, I feel like we kind of have been doing this for a while, though. Yeah, we have. I think it's like August. Yeah. yeah. August. So it'll be a year Aww. in a couple months. But. Yeah. Yeah. birthday. August, it would be in February, right? That makes sense. Our six month anniversary. We'll celebrate our one year birthday. Yeah, we get t shirts. We we like going to brunch in our t shirts or some shit. Oh, that would be so cute. Oh my god, yes, I love I love that. Give away little stickers, get bottles of mosas. Yeah, oh, and all of our Atlanta folks can join us. That would be cute. That That would be be cute. Meet up, right? But we're not gonna do a podcast. Oh no, it's not a podcast. (laughs) Just come kick it with us and talk shit. Right? I love that. That's so cool. It's cute. Okay, are we ready for current crime? So this current in crime is an update on a story we did a couple episodes ago. I can't remember exactly which episode it was, but it was about Nancy Crampton Brophy, who is a romance author who wrote a book titled How to Kill Your How to Murder Your Husband. I'm trying to look through the article to get the exact name, but that's the gist. And then she her husband was killed (laughs) and we just got the verdict um yesterday so this article is from may 24th and the title is jury finds nancy crampton brophy guilty in the murder of her husband so this is from fox 12 in oregon so four years after daniel brophy was shot and killed at the oregon culinary institute a jury has decided that his wife romance novelist nancy crampton brophy pulled the trigger Brophy will be sentenced on June 13th at 9 a.m. Seven weeks of trial ended with an hour rebuttal from the prosecution. Lead prosecutor Sean Overstreet made one last effort to convince the jury 71-year-old Brophy is guilty of murder. He painted the defense's case as one full of lies and red herrings. I don't know if I realized he was 71. Did he get it? No. No. I don't think I remember that. Okay. I mean, they looked like they have gray hair (laughs) in the pictures, but I didn't realize she was that old i mean it's not that old but i mean we run around killing folks it's a little old right <laughs> it's true oh, it's very did true he pop his job? Is yeah. That the yeah no seven in the morning bitch right. yeah that was the one we were like damn you ready <laughs> first thing in the morning. you woke up ready <laughs> so um none of this makes wait what i think they messed this up but none of this makes sense overstreet said if you're trying to make sense of this in your head and you're going I don't get it. I can't fathom these stories because they're all designed to make you confused because defense is hoping your confusion somehow equals reasonable doubts. And I can assure confusion is not reasonable doubt. Overstreet reminded the jury of what he describes as a jumbled alibi. He gave the example when Brophy was being cross-examined by the prosecutor and she admitted to be driving in the same area as the Oregon Culinary Institute during the same time Dan was shot and killed. But she claims she doesn't remember being behind the wheel. 
Okay, girl. <laughs> right. <laughs> What they're not really acknowledging was that Nancy was turning off of 17th Avenue onto Jefferson over Street's head. Apparently, they're not listening to their own defendant's testimony. That's exactly what she said. She said that she said that was me turning off of 17th onto Jefferson. He also went back through Brophy's claims that the last time she saw her husband was early that morning when he was addressing a, leak, a leaky sink. Once again, telling the jury her alibi didn't line up. The, rea- the reality is the last time Nancy saw Dan was when she stood over him and then looked him in his eyes as he's breathing in his last bit of life, paralyzed and injured. Yeah, oh he wasn't dead yet. So she looked into his eyes and pulled that trigger one last time. That's the last time she saw him. Eek. Overstreet then went into detail about the theory of an unhoused man following Dan into OCI, the school, the culinary school, shooting him and killing him was false. He said it would be impossible for a man who didn't know Dan to navigate the interior layout of OCI that he didn't know, all in a six-minute time frame from when the school's alarm was disabled to when the first student showed up to class. So I guess what they're saying is that um, Crampton Brophy's side was trying to say that it was an unhoused man who came in and shot Dan. And then Overstreet saying that doesn't make any sense because this person would have had to, like, been able to navigate the school. And yeah. it's probably somebody that actually has been there before. It makes sense. Right. It was targeted hit, and he knows the layout and knows how to get to him in his office or whatever, right. wherever he was. It's far too coincidental. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. So defense wants you to believe that there was a, a homeless problem when witness after witness basically said there wasn't, Overstreet said. He ended his rebuttal by reminding the jury that Brophy said on the stand, oh, anyone is capable of murder. Now it's up to the jury to decide if she, too, is capable Nancy is guilty of murdering her husband, and it is up to you to deliver the justice for Chef Dan Brophy and the rest of the Brophy family, Overstreet said. I'm asking you to return the verdict of guilty. And apparently they did. Well. And that's that. I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to, okay, I'm just trying to thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Who the fuck would believe that story? <laughs> you was talking to him about a leaky sink. <laughs> right. And then he just popped up dead at his job. That don't make no sense. Yeah, I feel like they were just grasping at straws. They're like, what is something that we can't necessarily, like, prove, Mm -hmm. but could potentially be the story? And I feel like they just came up with that. Right. Let's just blame it on somebody who nobody has connections, well, seemingly nobody has connections to. They probably don't have a support system. And maybe yeah. we'll get get away with it. Yeah. Even if it was a houseless man, she gave him the map and a gun. Like, exactly. And some money, probably. Right. So he so he was houseless. He walked all the way up there and got through whatever security right. front, you know, whatever. Knew exactly where to go. Knew exactly where to go. Because if it's anything like SCAD, SCAD, you got to have like an ID card that beeps. So right. like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I to think, get into like everywhere. Exactly. So, yeah. no, that don't make no sense. I mean, it's a culinary school. They have knives everywhere. I'm sure the security is like really. Yeah, no. It got to be. No. And even if that story does make sense, like, oh, you was talking to him about a leaky sink. It's like. Damn, did the nigga wait to fix it that long that right. you just had to shoot him at his fucking school? You know what right. I mean? Like, no, girl, that shit don't. I'm sorry, you know. And that's I'm like, I'm interested because when we first uh, talked about the story a couple of episodes ago, I was like, okay, I feel like people don't just kill their partners. I mean, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. Yeah. But I'm thinking of women. If it, it's typically in a self-defense situation yeah. or if they're being abused or they feel like they can't, you know, they're just trapped and this is the only way out. That's at least that's like 
what you hear most of the time. Mm-hmm. So when we first talked about the story, I was like, what is it? Like, what is going on in that house? Mm-hmm. You know, she was saying weird stuff. Like it all looks good from the outside, you know, like shit like right. that. But I, it's like interesting that they wouldn't then take that stance. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Trying yeah. to build that story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that probably was more evidence that he would never do something like that than it was for her to yeah have done this or whatever. Everybody probably already knew him. It was probably like super documented that he was just like this very passive person, probably mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. All his like students a, loved him, or right? Didn't his um didn't his didn't he have like an insurance policy or something like that? Yeah, they talked about that um the last time. I think he has an insurance policy, but now she's not getting any of that, <laughs> right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Didn't work out. Not commissaries, right? Eating their eat ramen noodles. She got the premium noodles. <laughs> At the top ramen. Right? She got hot tips for days. No. Uh, oh, uh-huh. my God. <laughs> well, damn. I mean, okay. Well, bye, Nancy. Right. Bye, girl. You can still write in prison. Yeah. Maybe the next novel will slap. I mean, I feel like people would love to read a novel. How I did not get away with it. I mean, that would blow up. That would blow the fuck up. would be like, up. OJ, if I did do it. Right. <laughs> oh, my Which God. Was, wow, I still can't believe he did that. that. Is so I feel funny. like I low got to read that book one day. Just not even to yeah. support him. I got to, like... Well, you know, he, he doesn't get the money. The um the family of... I forget, and, I, and this is bad, but I forget the man that he killed. Oh, yeah, the server. Oh, yeah, 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 the server. The family of him is the one that gets the proceeds for the book. That's kind of where the... um the case ended up. Wow. So they actually are the ones that published the book and everything. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. We yeah. should read it. We gotta get this book club off the ground. Yeah, we definitely We do. We have Sorry. so many we need to. You gotta finish. Please. <laughs> it's probably right here, right there. It's in my book. You know, I took it to read it somewhere, but I didn't have time to read it when I thought uh, I was gonna have time. I just gotta start it. Once I start it, I know. Yeah, it. you'll get there quick. It'll be over. Yeah, no. It's so quick. Yeah. All right. Okay. Main story. Main story. Main story. We need to have a little song for everything. Yeah, right. A little soundboard. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I just want to give a disclaimer, especially considering considering the news cycle. Um, this story does involve children, and my content warnings are: brief mentions of suicide, domestic violence, self harm, gory depictions of murder, and like I said, there are. A couple kids involved. One of the kids is the perpetrator. Which is oh, Lord. Lord. Yep. So the story is called The Runaway Devil and Soul Eater, the Richardson Family Murders. If you're heavy in a true crime, you may have heard this. A couple of other podcasts have covered it. I thought it was interesting. I wanted to do this one for a while. So I'll get right to it. The year that this happened was 2006. Um, so we'll start with 23-year-old Jeremy Stank. Okay, so it's spelled S-C-E-I-N-K-E. I've already pronounced Stank and Stanky. Is he bad? Yeah, we can like Stank. Like stank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. Stanky's also terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, from Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada. Um, and he was already described as a bit of an odd person. He wore a vial of blood around his neck and told people that he was a 300-year-old werewolf. So, you know, those are the vibes. He considered himself like a gothic person, um, which there's nothing wrong with being goth at all, but that was his jam. Um, he was the product of an alcoholic mother and an alcoholic and abusive father. 
And according to his own mother's testimony at his trial, he was abused by not only his father, but his two steps stepfathers that came after as well. Mm-hmm. So she had really bad taste in men. Yeah, right? Um, Jeremy's father would come home drunk almost every day and would drag him by his ears to his room and use a belt on him. And then she also testified that his first stepfather, who also had his own kids, so there were five of them total because she had Jeremy and Jeremy's little sister, and then he brought along his three kids. He would punish all the children if one of them did something wrong by swatting them on the hands with a paint stick. And he would do this until one of them would, like, admit who had done whatever it was, Mm -hmm. supposedly. Even if, you know, nothing had actually happened. Um, Jeremy said about his stepfather that he had a tendency to abuse me and my siblings, physical and mental abuse. He ties to chairs and make us watch the other children get abused as well. Oh, my God. Yeah. So just a sadistic fuck. His next stepfather aided in what may be our classic serial killer with a head injury story because he pushed Jeremy into a deep freezer and... It injured Jeremy's head, like severely enough to note. Oh, so like did he injured like the back of his head? Mm-hmm. Oh, damn! So this is one of those. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Um. This stepfather also beat on his mom. So once when Jeremy was trying to break up a fight between his stepdad and his mom, his stepfather grabbed him by the neck and then gave him uppercuts, quote uppercuts to the face, and pounded him in the back of the head. So like he also beat him in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. He never had a chance. Right, at all. Yeah. He also got bullied throughout his grade school career. I mean, with the name Max Saint. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that surprising. Um, but he got called stinky by his classmates. His mom, like, also noted in her testimony that, like, during third grade, he, like, got bullied so bad that he would just come home from school. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, around this time, so, like, preteen years, he uh, had an attempt at suicide and began cutting himself. <laughs> as a form of self-harm. So according to his mom, Jeremy also was diagnosed with ADHD, smoked weed like all the time, all the time, and was once hospitalized at 15 for hypothermia as a result of being so drunk. So he was also a heavy drinker as well. Wow. Like he passed out outside or something? They didn't really give a whole lot of details, but I'm assuming either that or, like, his body just didn't have anything else in it. Yeah. To the oh, point where he, like, was diagnosed with that man. Yeah. Um, which is hella wild for a 15-year-old. Right. These injuries to the back of the head, though, like, I can, it's almost like I can feel it. Like, mm-hmm. why in the fuck would you even do that to a person? Like, oh, God, that's such a sensitive part of your body anyway. Right. I mean, it's also really easy to kill somebody, yes. like, even by accident. Right. Walking around with that area. Right. Yeah. And a child. And stuff. Ooh. Yes. So, the other player in this story is Jasmine Richardson. In 2006, she was 12 years old, which made finding information about her childhood difficult because she was still a child when all this went down. But she also lived in Medicine Hat in Alberta, Canada. And based on testimony from neighbors and their friends, um, the Richardson family seemed like a normal, like, well-adjusted family. So they had, like, kind of a picket-fence kind of life. They did start out that way. The parents, their names were Mark and Deborah. Deborah was 48 and Mark was 42. They actually met in recovery. So, like, they were both uh, recovering addicts. But mm-hmm. once, like, usually when people meet in recovery, they tend to, like, relapse together and stuff like that. But that didn't happen for them. They actually, like, went on to have, like, a really, like, solid marriage and like like you know worked well together deborah practiced reiki like 
They were good parents. Mm -hmm. They had Jasmine and her little brother, who was eight. Um, His name is Jacob. And they were happily married for 15 years before all this went down. Um, One friend said that Jasmine, um, she said, quote, when I met Jasmine in grade six, she was kind and gentle and made an effort to befriend me and made me feel welcome. They um, went to Catholic school. She, like, followed counsel as a good girl, got good grades and everything like that. But in 2005, so the year before, when she was 11, she got interested in golf culture, which <laughs> made sense for the time. And started spending more time online. This is, like, when AOL stuff was still popping, which I miss those days. Oh, no, not AOL. It's not, <laughs> not um, age, sex, location. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, socializing during those times was a whole different thing. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. I miss yeah. it. The nostalgia. Yeah. Um, Y'all young kids don't know shit about that. Yeah, they, y'all don't know about dial-up. We're finally old enough. Right? <laughs> y'all know. <laughs> right, dial-up. Oh, my God. When I would be on the internet, especially in the middle of a chat, and my mom pick up the phone to call somebody. Right. Like, oh, my God. Oh, and you got to, and when you get back on, it's like, do do You got to listen to all the ringing and shit. Like, you got to oh, wait till everybody off the phone to call. call. And we thought it was fast. Like, we were right. That was fast as We had one desktop computer we all had to share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wow. Can you talk to your boyfriend, your until like after school but it wasn't like it was a thing like that was just what it was so yeah. it didn't feel like oh shit I haven't talked to my friend in forever it was just like right yeah. we gonna see each other at school just yeah. like that other story we did where it was like the boyfriend didn't talk to his girlfriend all week right. that wasn't out of the ordinary yeah, yeah. that's normal that's so wild right now we're still so connected to each other people get mad if you're on Facebook but you said like getting a sponsor yeah mm-hmm. you yeah. know or if you like <laughs> haven't read they text in like so and so hours or right like, or you, you did, not see each other for their text right? but you watch their Instagram story oh, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I turned off all my like show online settings on everything I could yeah me too yeah. I hate being clocked like that <laughs> yeah wow like I'm dissociating bitch I don't need to be texting that makes so much sense I think I should do that yeah <laughs> it definitely saves you a whole lot of unnecessary conversation yeah um but yeah, so that paints a picture of the times in 2005. But what I will say is like, it was like night and day for Jasmine. Like one day she was like this really good girl. Then all of a sudden she was like wearing dog collars and really like heavy black eyeliner and like started some antisocial behavior, which, you know, that's all on brand for being goth. But it was, it was like pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. Also like the Catholic slash like Christian to darkness pipeline. <laughs> It's strong. It's, Working out religion to, to darkness. Yes. Yeah, no. that shit's strong. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, that needs to be talked about. Yes, for sure. I was talking about bitches. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jasmine's parents noticed her behavior changing. Um, I mean, her mom practiced Reiki. Like, they're open-minded and stuff like that. But they did start paying more attention. They gave her stricter rules around, like, coming and going from the house and started monitoring her internet activity. Because, I mean, she is still 11 years old. 11. Jesus. Right. So, on August 27, 2005, Jasmine, who was still only 11 at the time, joined several online social networking sites. MySpace, which is a given. We all know that one. But some of the other ones were MindVigs, uh, Vampire Freaks, Nexopia, Zorpia, which, these names. But I'm guessing that, like, some of them were, like, deep dark kind of. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And then some of them were probably, like, specifically Canadian. Or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cause I hadn't heard of I mean, what's the name of the city they live in? Uh, Water bottle? <laughs> Please. Medicine, Medicine hat. See, Canada, we love you. Well, I ain't never been there, so I don't know how I feel about y'all. I was about to say. But we love Degrassi. <laughs> 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 
And I tried poutine. That shit was good as fuck. It is good. Yeah. Poutine do slap. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you got some stuff going on. But medicine hat. <laughs> Y'all can do medicine hat. Come on. Please. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. It's probably a digital Oh, shit. Oh, my bad. Yeah. I'm crying. I'm problematic as fuck. Sorry. Yeah, my bad too. I said water bottle. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's better than fucking like oh whatever the hell we got here. At least there's meaning. Yeah, right. that's true. true. Um, <laughs> should we remove that? <laughs> Maybe. I'm like, oops, can we just get canceled? <laughs> oh, um, no, I don't, think we, I don't think we should edit it out because I feel like we should just hold ourselves accountable. Okay. Yeah, we said so. Through it. It's like yeah. deleting a thread on uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> On Zorpia, her handle was Runaway Devil, which is what kind of stuck after her crimes. Like, the media took that around with it and called her Runaway Devil. So, it was online where 12-year-old Jasmine met 23-year-old Jeremy, who referred to himself online as Soul Eater, which, please, um, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) A nigga named Soul Eater? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, no, I'm sorry. As an adult, I could see. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that could. Was like sound like a porn name. It's right. Like it does, but it's also just terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jeremy, like I said, he was 23 years old, but he still lives at home with his mom, who like was hardly ever there because she was still dealing with her alcoholism. They lived in a trailer in the neighborhood. But he was like one of those like peaks in high school kind of burnout guys mm-hmm. that hung out with young girls all the time. Which is creepy and weird. Yeah. And, um, so, like, there were several young girls in the neighborhood that, like, looked up to him or, like, hung out with him that he considered, quote-unquote, friends, which don't know 23-year-old man, the prepubescent friends that are girls. Absolutely. Right. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, Jasmine and Jeremy became, quote-unquote, romantic, which it can't be romantic because, again, he's a grown man and she's a child. Um, she did lie about her late age, but she only lied and said that she was 15. So it's still fucked up. Like, there is no way to spin it. They would write each other dark poetry, talk on the phone, and even meet up at his mom's trailer to spend time together. Um, like I said, Mark and Deborah, her parents, were monitoring her um, internet activity. So, of course, when they caught one of this, they were like, oh, fuck no. Like, you cannot be hanging out with this man. I wish they would have called the cops, but they didn't. Um, so they, like, limited her access to the internet and grounded her and forbade her from seeing him. <sighs> but yeah, as, as preteens do, preteens and teenagers, she disobeyed her parents and stuck around to spend time with him anyway. Um, he still managed to email her love notes. I don't know how she was still getting access to the computer because, like we established, it's dial up and every household had one big fat back computer. Fat <laughs> back. <laughs> Maybe like at school in the library or stuff like that. Um, one of the emails that he wrote her said, quote, you were a sight for sore eyes and I miss you more than killing people. Can we get together and kill people together? End quote. Um, oh. That's considered a love note? Right. All right, y'all. We'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess? And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Cunty... Oh, wait, I thought we were going to say that together. No. Um, 
the big c***y couch. Mwah. Oh my God, that's exciting. Right. That's terrifying. Right. So her parents, once they found out that she was still hanging around with Jeremy, they took her computer away altogether and started family therapy. Which good for them. That's like, it, it exceeds uh, dating somebody that's younger than you. Like, yeah. That. Most definitely. Like, that's a whole... Like, you can't even imagine it getting worse, but it got right. worse. Right. I'm oh, like, wow. I mean... I don't even know what to and say about that. Remind me of his age again. He's 23. He is 23. And she's 11. She's 12 at this point. It's 2006 now. But yes. Oh yes. There needs yeah. to be an intervention with this kid, with this grown man. And see, that's one no, of... This is when jail makes sense to me. I would have a thousand percent... Because, I mean, there's that. nothing else that is going to happen besides what you're going to Because if tell you want to stay away from my daughter, then the police can have you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm a 12-year-old. I'm not playing these fucking games. You can that. either be in the jail or in the ground. Right. These are your options. Right. And this is literally one of the reasons why people tar- target um, kids within religious institutions like altar boys and stuff like that because you keep them ignorant. Like, ignorance, I guess, and, like, modesty don't necessarily go together. You can teach your kids to, you know, right or wrong or whatever, mm-hmm. but teach them what the world is, like, what the yeah. world is really about and how... Adults don't want to be around no fucking kids. Like you have nothing to talk to a twelve year about. Absolutely nothing. Unless it's your Sunday, your vacation Bible school teacher, and immediately after class, what are they hanging out with you for? Alone, right. with no other adults. Like mm-hmm. no, that's that's an absolute fuck no. Yeah. So after going to the family therapy together and like you know, I guess negotiating some boundaries or whatever they did there, um, she got her act together. She being Jasna enough to convince her parents to give her back her computer under the condition that she stay away from grown ass men. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, Jasmine is upset. She has resentment towards her parents for trying to keep her away from her boyfriend. Boyfriend with big ass quotation marks. <laughs> um, so she wrote an email to him that included the note, quote, I have a plan. It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you, end quote. Jeremy replied, well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with like details and stuff, end quote. To kill the parents? To kill the parents. This is giving me like Gypsy Rose, but in a different way. Yeah. You know? I yeah. thought the same thing. Most of, uh, I didn't even think about that parallel. Yeah. Um, except everyone here, well, to a degree, has their capacities. We'll get there. Three days before the eventual murders, Jeremy wrote on his online blog, because, again, he writes dark, dark poetry and thinks he's, like, really deep and, like, edgy. He said, quote, Their throats I want to slit. They will regret the shit they have done, especially when I see to it that they are gone. They shall pay for their insolence. He misspelled insolence, just, you know, I wanted everyone to know that. Of course. <laughs> um, finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. End quote. That poem sucked. It did. It really did. The night before the murders, Jeremy and Jasmine watched their favorite movie, Natural Born Killers, which is a 1994 Oliver Stone movie following a couple played by Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis as they go across the country killing folks, starting with killing members of Juliet's character's family. Okay. I don't know if y'all have seen it, but it, it's it's a wild, it's a wild movie. I was going to say, I'm, I'm picturing their faces, but I can't remember. I actually like the movie, but it's like, it's like that conversation we've had before, like when you're watching it with a particular like mindset or lens, mm-hmm. like it changes so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm watching it for entertainment. You're watching it and taking notes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You're watching right. it for a plan. Like, it's no. So on the day of the murders, before driving over to the Richardson house, Jeremy consumed a case of beer, 
several shots of vodka, several lines of Coke. Another, uh, later on that one, he says it's a gram of Coke, which is a wild amount. I'm like, there is no fucking way, because he would have been dead. I don't right. know what a gram, like, it's a raisin, right? That's what a gram would like? Um... Like the size, the size. Of I that. don't know if that it would be the same because you know, like a gram is different for different oh substances. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah okay. Um, so I don't know, but it would be a lot for one person to do all okay. in one sitting after a case of beer, several shots of vodka. But he also drank some wine and took an ecstasy. Not wine. Right. <laughs> he said, "Just give me everything in the house." Right. Um, at this point, Jeremy put on a black ski mask, black arm stockings, eyeliner, and snuck into the basement of the house, the door to which Jasmine had left unlocked for him. Eyeliner? <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> wearing a ski mask. He's giving the Batman. No. Oh, my God. Unless um, you got bisexual, so you can, <laughs> so you can do the crime. Like... Oh leave God. us alone. Don't bring the bodies. That's what I'm saying. Don't leave us the bodies. Don't leave the bodies. Leave the bodies out. Um... So, like I said, he snuck into the basement of the house, but because he was on every substance known to man, he was making a shit ton of noise, and Jasmine's mom heard all the noise and thought it was Jasmine trying to sneak out of the house. Oh, she God. comes rushing down the basement stairs mm-hmm. to confront Jasmine, and he immediately started just stabbing her. Oh, I feel like at this point, I mean, I don't know how much, how how often this had happened back then, but I feel like now with all the information that's out there, if you like try to keep your kid from something and then they just up and just like kind of give up, mm-hmm. that should be a sign to you that some shit's about to go down. That's real. Yeah. I would be nervous as shit too. Yeah, no. Because every single time, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's fine. I'll just, I'll just do whatever you say. Like, yeah. No, they not. Yeah. Right. And they planning, they're plotting, and they're trying to, you know, make sure that you're not watching them while they're plotting, which is why they, you know, oh my gosh, this is the, okay, yeah. go ahead. Uh, so Mark, Jasmine's dad, heard all the ruckus and came rushing down the stairs with a screwdriver. Jeremy said, and I quote, he came at me real fast. I was scared shitless. I thought I was going down. I went to back up and tripped and he and fell and he jumped on me and attempted to stab me in the chest. He grabbed my face and shoved his thumbs in my eye. Which, wow. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, I imagine that much coke, he probably didn't feel shit. Right. Um, I'm sure his adrenaline was through the roof. So he was able to overpower Mark and got on top of him and starts to stab him. And at one point, Mark asked why he was doing this. And Jeremy responded, it's what your daughter wanted. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, my God. That part fucked me up. So that's the last thing he heard? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so sad. It is. And Jeremy stabbed him, like, so viciously that the end of the knife was bent at the tip, indicating that he had hit bone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw a little trigger warning in there because this is the part where it gets a little worse. Um, Jacob, Jasmine's eight-year-old brother, was still in his bedroom terrified. So Jasmine was supposed to be the one to take the lead on murdering her little brother and initially tried to suffocate him. When that didn't work, she took the knife and stabbed him in the neck. Later, investigators would describe it as a major bloodletting event. So, like, they described the crime scene as basically him just in a giant pool of blood in his bed. And all of his toys were, like, that were surrounding him were soaked in blood, too. Oh. Um, they also speculated that he tried to use his favorite lightsaber toy to defend himself. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, my God. That and so Jasmine sad. admitted that he had begged for his life. 
Oh my god. That's what was happening. That is pure evil. Yeah. What happened with her? Did she have like a break? It I mean oh. I guess I can wait till the end of the story. I mean the thing is like they were planning it. You know, like they talked about it. And right. It kinda reminds me of the screen murder story too, where I'm like Okay, were y'all just like playing around and then it just went too far and y'all were just waiting on the other person to be right. like, actually, never mind. Yeah. You know? But I don't know. Because it's like one thing to do for that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she's like, I didn't think you were actually going to kill my parents. But for her to go through with killing her little brother, her little brother who's begging for his life, that's like, yeah, different. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I wonder what her, I don't know. I, I guess like, I wonder what her brain chemistry was at the time of her brain development and how that event affected like her decision making skills mm-hmm. or like yeah if she had like like you said like a break and it caused her to have like a rush and then just follow him and do whatever he yeah. was doing yeah. and then come down later right yeah. or something like that but that is actual evil though mm-hmm. like yeah. you know, that's your little brother mm-hmm. oh, that's so God. sad so on the day of the murder um, Jacob's best friend, who was a neighbor, walked over to the house to see Jacob. When no one answered the door, he peeked to the basement window and saw what he thought was a body. He got freaked out, so he ran home and t- told his mom who called the cops. <clears throat> Once the police got there, they obviously saw all the blood everywhere in the basement and the chaotic um, crime scene that they had left behind. Deborah had been stabbed 12 times, and Mark had been stabbed 24 times. There was blood all over the walls and the floor, of course, and then upstairs they found Jacob. An investigator that was there noticed the family photo and saw that Jasmine was in the picture, so they searched all over the house for her. Their initial concern was that Jasmine had been been abducted by whoever had committed the crimes, so they put out an Amber Alert. They went up to the school to ask questions. Um, there they found out that she had been having like behavioral issues in school as well, and they were able to get into her locker. When they got into her locker, they came across a comic strip that had been drawn by drawn by Jasmine about her parents being murdered. And there's a photo of it online, which we'll put on Instagram, but it's just, I don't know, it's just wild. I mean, like, again, she's 12, so, like, there's, it, I don't know. Yeah. You're a kid, like, your, your brain, like, I, I don't think you can grasp how serious some things are. Yeah. yeah. So, like, joking about it, maybe even making a comic strip is one thing, but then, like, for it to have actually happened, it's like... Mm-hmm. Even to follow level. through with it, I wonder if she understood the the gravity, the gravity of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that little, like, that little girl, well, she was definitely, she definitely had some antisocial issues, but that little girl, I think you did the story where mm-hmm. she... She killed the little boy. And then um, she was like, yeah, Mary Bell. Outside the people's house. Like, hmm. Yeah, I'm like just <laughs> like, not getting it. Like the same way things excite us and then turn us into a positive direction, I wonder if they can excite you and then turn you into like mm-hmm. something completely different that gets a rush or that gets stimulation from this terrible, terrible thing. So mm-hmm. you don't see it as evil. It's just like if exciting. the thing yeah. that you're feeling right now, yeah, cause that excitement. Right. Ooh, yeah. Um, so backtracking a little bit, initially right after the crime, Jeremy left the scene alone and Je- Jasmine stayed up behind to pack her bags, which, why wouldn't y'all do that first? But anyway. Um, then a few hours later, she took a cab to 7-Eleven and walked to Jeremy's trailer from there. It's reported that they went to dinner at a restaurant that evening and they were seen laughing and kissing together. And then later that night, they decided to go to a party that was being hosted by friends of theirs. 
They were seen making out, having a great time with one another. Again, this is hours after murdering her entire family. And she's 12. And she's 12. I mean, there are other young girls there because Jeremy runs around with young girls. Yeah. But I'm like, 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 at the restaurant and just sit laughing and kissing? Right. Like, a 23-year-old man with a 12-year-old. I don't know what was going on because, <laughs> again... It couldn't, it couldn't be me. Could not. No. As, a, as your server... Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to my GM and be like, <laughs> I don't fuck with the police, but, oh, but, but today, today right. is the day. <laughs> so during the party, Jeremy had one of his uh, friends, Cassie Lancaster, who was 19 at the time, go and clean out his truck for him, which had blood and weapons in it. Casey didn't think a whole lot of it. I don't know why, because also while they were at their party, Jasmine and Jeremy were both overheard bragging about murdering her parents. Hmm. A lot of the people at the party didn't take them seriously and thought that Jasmine was just running away. But again, Casey saw blood in the guts. They must have been high as fuck. And that's the other thing. They are all like, like I said, burnouts, like party people, whatever. You yeah. know, nothing wrong with, you know, having a little fun and party and everything. They had to be high as defunct. Right. Um, Jeremy was quoted by as saying he, quote, gutted them like fish. Yeah, so I guess the next day shit got realer because, of course, this has, like, gotten picked up by the news and stuff. So a friend who was present at the party called the police the next day and told them what they heard. As they should. Right. And then the cops tracked them down trying to escape in a pickup truck who was driven by Casey. Casey. <laughs> Casey needs to get together. Why are you involving yourself in this? Right. Ooh. 80 miles away from Medicine Hat and leader Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Um... Casey was initially brought up on charges as an accessory to the murders due to her negligence in reporting the initial like, blood and weapons and for aiding them and like driving them around. Um, that Those charges were dropped and she was charged with obstruction instead and she was sentenced to a year of house arrest with no internet access. <laughs> I'm sorry. She was also ordered to stay away from drugs and alcohol. That's such an interesting sentence. I've never heard of that. Yeah, no. I guess for a a teenager, that's like the worst thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. And in Canada, which we'll get into um, coming up, like the laws around how children are treated by the criminal justice system are so different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was 19 though, right? Yeah. But I think they just view you differently. Like a teenager. Yeah. Probably probably like an under 21 thing, maybe. Um, I don't know about that. The crime that we're, I mean, not the crime, the law that we're going to talk about has to do with 11 to 14 year olds, I believe. Okay. But I don't know what it looks like for 19 year olds, but I think like just even like the lens they have around like, um, young offenders is just different, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I don't necessarily, I mean, she definitely should have said something. It's, it's hard to like decide whether or not this feels like a fair sentence when you don't believe in the criminal justice system in general. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But, like, yeah, I think when we have a better lens on, like, the ideal mm-hmm, system right. and what that would look like, then like, I don't know what the alternative, alternative would be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, house arrest feels fair adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's better than, I thought you were about to say a year in prison. Yeah, like, that's what age. I thought, too. I'm like, damn. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the bitch didn't make a good decision by driving it 80 miles outside the city covered in blood like that wasn't smart right. but a couple niggas who claim to be murderers exactly right. you need to get them right. but i'm also thinking like okay i know we've got like 30 minutes in the story what's the guy's name jeremy okay so it, jeremy was able to convince on top of whatever other things were going on in this girl's head but he was able to convince her to kill her family mm-hmm. so who i don't i mean maybe he right. was using similar manipulation tactics yeah, on casey. casey yeah 
And again, like y'all, uh, like someone mentioned, everybody's doing drugs as well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he has the gift of gab. Which is wild, because... Because, no, he's not a very cute person. They I never know. are. Right. It's it's never, yeah, I mean, they gotta, you know, have a little bit of, you know, some, some kind of tactics to get through society, because pretty privilege ain't gonna save you, so you better right. be able to talk. Right. <laughs> um, so, while, after they got arrested... Jeremy wrote a letter to Jasmine right away because they're like in love or whatever and asked Jasmine to marry him and she said yes because I guess she's 12. Cool. So once they started um, questioning them, Jasmine admitted pretty pretty soon that she was miserable at home but initially told cop- cops that she came home to find her family murdered and that Jeremy had done it like killed everybody. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy confessed that he had murdered Mark and Deborah, but was adamant that he didn't kill Jacob. He said, quote, she cut his throat. At first, the story around Jacob died was unclear. Like, there were, it was a very, like, he said, she said situation. Jasmine claimed that Jeremy did it, but eventually claimed that she killed Jacob because it'd be too sad to leave him, leave him an orphan. During her trial, Jasmine did des- testify that Jeremy murdered her brother, but an undercover officer later on, posing as an inmate, got Jeremy to share the story, like, candidly. And he said that Jasmine murdered her brother, and he told the story in explicit detail and said she had a few screws loose. But he also said that they were going to be legends. No. Not legends. Legends. The the same thing. We see this so many times. Yeah. So due to laws in Canada that protect minors, Jasmine's identity was to be protected once she became a formal suspect. So the media was not allowed to use her name in their reports. Instead, referring to her by her initials, JR. But because before she was a formal suspect, she, there was the Amber Alert, mm-hmm. the media already mm-hmm. had her name. Damn. And isn't it kind of like, did they not frame the story as someone from the family was the one who committed the crimes? Yeah. So I feel like people could just like deduce that it was her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the people who was at the party with her was the one that right. Yeah. Words don't get around that way. Yeah. But all of the. Uh, reports and articles after that refer to her as JR. Mm-hmm. So like if you're looking up actual news reports from this time, it says JR instead of Jasmine. Mm-hmm. I should get some fake initials if there's one Right. right. <laughs> the law is um, called the Youth Criminal Justice Act and under the same act, uh, 12 is the youngest possible age a child can be charged with a crime, which I thought was interesting. And uh, those that are younger than 14 can't be sentenced with more than 10 years for anything. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So in 2007, she went to trial. She got the maximum sentence allowed uh, for someone her age, which is the 10 years. And she became the youngest person convicted for a triple homicide in Canadian history. Um, But the way her sentence is served is very different than the way it would have been served in the state. So the first four years she spent in a psychiatric unit. So it's all about rehabilitation, like in a real way. Yeah. Um, She was diagnosed with conduct disorder and oppositional defiant disorder. I had to look both of those Mm. up because I didn't know what they meant. So conduct disorder is a type of behavior disorder. It's when a child has antisocial behavior. They may disregard basic social standards and rules. They may also be irresponsible. Um, Symptoms can include not caring about social norms or of good behavior, ignoring the rights and feelings of other people, enjoying causing harm, lying or manipulating people, committing physical or sexual violence, or hurting animals. Mm. Oppositional defiant disorder um, is a type of behavior disorder, mostly diagnosed in children. Children with ODD are uncooperative, defiant, and hostile towards peers, parents, 
teachers and other authority figures. They are more troubling to others than they are to themselves. Symptoms of ODD can be grouped into three categories. Angry slash irritable mood, loses temper easily, frequent outbursts of anger and resentment, argumentative, defiant behavior, excessively argues with adults, actively refuses to comply with requests and rules, vindictiveness, is spiteful, and seeks revenge. Which I thought that last bit was the most interesting. Um, So she spent the first four years being diagnosed with and treated for those disorders. And then the next four years, she spent under community observation. Um, And we'll get back to what she did while under community observation. But in 2008, Jeremy's case went to trial and was convicted of first-degree murder and got life in prison. But even with life in prison in Canada, he's still eligible for parole after 25 years. Um, As Zephyr mentioned, he had ADHD, but it was also speculated that he suffered from depression, and one expert for the defense suggested he may have also uh, suffered from fetal alcohol syndrome, which I've always heard fetal alcohol syndrome, but I didn't really know what that meant in a real way, so it says it can cause brain damage and growth problems. Um, It it can vary from child to child, but defects caused by fetal alcohol syndrome are not reversible. Mm. So... The second four years of Jasmine's sentence, that's four years set, she actually went to university in Calgary. So it was like she was under like some kind of almost like a halfway house situation. It was like a community observation situation. So she went to school. Um, they like poured rehabilitation efforts into her and she came to understand and regret all the things that she did. Um, throughout this, her extended family like forgave her and supported her and she was able to get her degree. Did she change her name? Um, yeah, so under her sentence, she was supposed to be released in 2016, and if she avoided trouble until 2020, 2020 she would have her record completely expunged. So wow. at this point, she's under a different name, and she has no criminal record at all. She was released in 2016. But when she went to college, she was still Jasmine. Mm-hmm. So people still knew who she was and what she did. I'm sure she moved far away. Right. You know, which is but still. And I mean, record. yeah, I guess it, there's no reason for me to, like, Google Yeah. somebody. Oh, my damn. Does she live in America? She could be anywhere. Yeah. Um, one of the inspectors who worked on her case said he had experienced conflicting emotions over it. He said, at one point I wanted her locked up forever. I don't think I'm there now. I hope she moves on and becomes a productive member of society. I don't think she's truly evil. I've met some of these those people that are bad to the bone, and she's not one of them. Mm-hmm. I would leave the country if I was there. Same. Like, not specifically Canada, but, like, North America. Like, I would go. I would definitely go. I'll go to Switzerland. Cross the water. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Completely yeah. change my name, all that. Yeah, most definitely. But, um, Jeremy's still in prison. He's appealed his sentence, of course, but it was denied, and he, I think, filed another appeal, so... Yeah. We'll see how that goes, but Jasmine's in the wind. And they don't have a relationship, I'm assuming. Good. No, no, no. Wow. But she could be anywhere. Wow. I thought it was interesting that her family, her extended family, was able to forgive her. Yeah, um, me too. And I'm, I'm glad she had that support. It, it's just a wild thing to even wrap your mind around. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't ever want to be in that position to yeah. actually know what I would do, but I don't know if I could. Yeah. Like, a child. You killed your child, brother. Yeah. 
don't know. I think it's kind of like that thing. I think it was like that documentary we were watching um, about people who were convicted as children mm-hmm. and then they got older. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think in theory, I could forgive them. But, like, I don't have to fuck with you, and I don't ever have to, like, see you or think about you. you Right. Like, forgive them for you type of thing to be able to let that go and then just don't have a relationship at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think people who've had kids, or just people who understand kids a little bit better, because I just don't, they probably understand that, like, she was a completely different person when she did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think for me, it's, like, on a human level, I don't want anyone to suffer unnecessarily. Mm Mm-hmm. And realize that a lot of these systems are at fault for a lot of the things that happen. Yeah, most definitely. But that's about as far as I get with it. Yeah. Like like you said, I don't need to ever be aware of your existence again for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't want you to suffer, like, unjustly. Yeah. I feel like the program that she went through was, like, that was good. Yeah. I yeah. think that was, like, appropriate for her in the situation. I think shit like that in the States. Yeah. yeah. Shit. I mean, she was able to go to college. Yeah. I mean, she was, it doesn't even sound like she spent time in like a real prison in the way we conceptualize it. Right. Yeah. But she was still not able to just be free. Yeah. She was still under surveillance and observation. Yeah. But be able to develop into an adult. And that's probably why she's fine now. Away from that man and drugs right. and all the other negative influences. Right. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, before we get into um, should this be a crime, I looked up Medicine Hat because <laughs> I feel bad. Um, so just for the record, y'all, we were laughing at the day. We thought we was laughing at white people, but um, we were not. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so it's a it's an English interpretation of a British of a indigenous name. Okay. So the name Medicine the English interpretation can be laughed at. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we just made it clear. So the name Medicine Hat is an English interpretation of Samus, which is the Blackfoot word for eagle uh, tail feather headdress worn by medicine men. Mm-hmm. Several mm-hmm. legends are associated with the name of the mythical merman river serpent. His name is Soyidabi. Soy um, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering that. Um, who appeared to a hunter and instru- instructed him to sacrifice his wife to get mystical powers which were manifest in a special hat. And that's where the name came from. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. And I feel bad for laughing as well. <laughs> Jesus. It was good in the moment, but, you know, we move, we move forward. <laughs> please, please forgive us. <laughs> All right. That's All it. right. We'll be back. Real quick, this be okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, so so um, I presented this as an option, but then after reading it, I was like, wait, I actually kind of want to try this. So, okay, it's from Baller Alert, y'all. <laughs> Oreo and Ritz team up for a cookie cracker sandwich combo. Oreo and Ritz new snack is definitely made for those who can't decide if they want something salty or sweet. Um, the new snack merges both of their signature treats, Oreo cookies and Ritz crackers. Ritz crackers. It's I struggled over that crackers. You did. The crackers will beat your ass. <laughs> it's Ritz crackers. That's all right. It's been dubbed Ritz by Oreo. I guess is how they're going to pronounce it. The product features right. The product features one Oreo cookie and one Ritz cracker with a layer of peanut butter cream and Oreo cream spread out in between the two. I'm not. 
You don't want it? It's not for me. It's I kind of want it. Peanut butter icing? Like, that don't do nothing for me. I don't, I don't know. It's giving, like, a salty, sweet... Maybe I need to try one. I don't know. It just don't sound good to me. Uh, oh, wait. Okay, the limited edition collab is available exclusively at oreo.com slash Ritz at noon Eastern on Thursday, May 26th, so tomorrow for us. Customers can get a pack for free but must pay three ninety five for shipping. What? No, that's a terrible marketing idea. The brand's only made 1,000 packs by... Limited I'll make it myself. <laughs> this is what they look like. I want to try it. I am it's like pensively interested. It's, it's like, like peanut butter, butter chocolate. It's like, like nutter butter with an Oreo. Right. Okay. Yeah. I guess I, yeah. At first when I saw the picture though, like if you look at it, does it kind of look like it's the Ritz with cheese? Yes. And I was like, oh, No, please. that's disgusting. Cheese and I didn't know it was peanut butter. The peanut butter makes it a little bit okay. A little bit. Yeah, no. Oh, it reminds me of Pear Trap. I eat them with, I eat them with peanut butter. <laughs> Y'all remember that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Did y'all know that they that it, Lindsay Lohan didn't have a twin? Were you aware at As the time of Parent Trap? Oh, no, 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 no I definitely thought she had I thought it was given Mary Kay and Ashley. It was. Yeah, no, okay, we talked about this on the podcast, right? That they're not identical twins. Yeah. Well, at least we had a conversation. Okay, I, I looked know. it up. They're not identical twins. Mary Kay and Ashley. Mary Kay and Ashley are fraternal fucking twins, and they turned out looking exactly like. Okay, but Elizabeth Olsen also looks just like them, and they have another brother who also looks just. It's, it's That's wild. True. The jeans are too. No, they they got a they got a three D print at the house, <laughs> right? Just they not kids. Yeah, just they created. They, uh, kids in the Sam's like WandaVision. <laughs> I was looking at it. Ashley and Elizabeth actually look more alike to me than Ashley and Mary Kate. Really? Mm. Now that I know this information. I need to look. Yeah. That's so wild though to know. I mean, I guess when you're like younger, I feel like you probably resemble each other more. Yeah. Because they played the same person. Yeah. But they had fuller faces. So. Yeah, it's true. Okay, so so Oreo by Oreo by Ritz, whatever. The jury's Fine. out. I'm going to try to get a pack of these cookies and we'll see. I'm going to try to. I'm going to be one in 1,000. However, <laughs> Mountain Dew, flaming Hot? No. First of all, Mountain Dew is a crime all by itself. So. Okay. Why are y'all still drinking that? <laughs> I want to I try it. You want to try flaming Hot if, Okay. I don't know why, but I'm kind of getting like a spicy margarita. I was going to say, it's giving poor men's jalapeno margarita that's what i'm saying like just like a spicy fruit like it might be decent (laughs) it's some tahine it's not fucking playing my face that shit sounds disgusting okay bartender carter was just talking about how uh they don't like people that eat hot stuff i did that don't like no 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 you you really no 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 no, no, that is not what i said Understand people who eat hot chips, like hot chips are disgusting. It's just hot. Like the flavor is just like artificial hot. Let me let me put you on. Okay. I love spicy things. I eat spicy things all day long. But hot chip flavoring, disgusting. Hot chip flavoring isn't even hot no more. If you really get it started like when you're supposed to, because I started eating hot chips when I was like 11, 12. It's when you just burn the taste buds out right. you, know. <laughs> you, just yeah. don't, you just don't have the resistance. Just, I just don't, you know, the only one that's even, like, slightly hot to me anymore is, like, the flamas with the chili yeah. lime. Yeah. It's those not are about good. the level of heat, though. It's about the flavor. You don't like the so actual good. flavor of flaming Hot. It tastes like fake hot. Have you had... <laughs> it tastes like fake hot. Have you had... 
Doritos Flamin' Hot Cool Ranch. That's so oh my good. Friend. It's, 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 I got some of the house right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like okay. hot sauce cheeses, but again, that's hot sauce. Oh, those are so good. Are the really hot and spicy. I be eating Flamin' Hot Popcorn, Flamin' Hot mm-hmm. Fries, mm-hmm. Flamin' Hot Puffs. That's smart it's food, Flamin' Hot. That like, is so good. So good. I feel like half of it is brainwashing. Ain't no way y'all really like that shit. No, it's so good. It's disgusting. I promise so I do. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I've been indoctrinated some weird physical way. Like, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> so you would say Mountain Dew, Flaming Hot Mountain Dew is a crime. Separately and together. It's a felony. <laughs> I've never been into Mountain Dew. Like, I've never been a Mountain Dew drinker. Mountain Dew is disgusting. I'm from North Carolina and all the like redneck hick boys that drive like four wheelers to work mm-hmm. drink Mountain Dew. Fuck yeah, Mountain Dew. Wait, speaking of soda, have y'all seen those TikToks of like um, people that have like Coca Cola and they add like creamer to it. Apparently, it's like a drink that people drink. No, I mean it's giving vanilla Coke, but no, I don't. That sounds disgusting. I want dairy in my soda? It made it, it makes it curdle. I made the mistake of getting one of those uh, Coca Cola coffee drinks one time because I actually love Coke, Coca Cola. <laughs> I mean both, but <laughs> I really like. I tried a new flavor. It's called like the space flavored Coke. Anyway, it was nasty. I like my Coca-Cola taste like Coke, but that coffee Coke was disgusting. Oh, really? It was so bad. Yeah. I heard people love that. I yeah. cannot get that. I was like, ugh. And I like coffee and I like Coca-Cola, but yeah. I like Diet Coke, Coca-Cola. Diet Coke is good, too. But I like Coke Zero is my favorite. Oh. I think this is a conspiracy theory. This isn't real. Okay. I think Sweetie you know uh maybe maybe you know singles ain't really popping like that so bitch is the creative director of like ritz right. oreo mountain dew all these different brands and she making a check she said you know what you should do right okay make a soda that's flaming hot pickle juice flavor <laughs> i would try that, that too <laughs> yeah because <laughs> I, I know plenty of girls. that's what i was gonna tell y'all miss vicky's mm-hmm. you know the yeah, chip brand mm-hmm. She makes a hot, oh uh, no, it's called spicy dill pickle. Ooh. That shit is so fucking good. I, know it it's, I got some of that. <laughs> <laughs> you just grocery There used to be this brand of pickles when I worked at Whole Foods. It was like Brooklyn pickles or something like that. They made a spice, they like brined a spicy pickle. Mm-hmm. Them shit. Those are so fucking good. Made as fried pickles. Oh, with some ranch, bitch. <laughs> Y'all think me on to some Please. real, some real good shit right now. I made that, the fucking fried pickles all the time. That so shit. I like spicy food. I you just, just don't, don't like, like that flavor. Yeah, that fake shit. That fake shit. Okay, keep cute. that away from me. Okay, cute. So my back is already done. That's <laughs> <laughs> so why I came over here and immediately started eating. Like I don't. I don't mind it. I'm it's just not going to eat. Okay, yeah, cool. no, got not it. Not at all. Oh, and wow. don't put your little red fingertips on that one. Uh, no, I'm an expert. I only eat, so when I eat hot chips, chips I only eat them with these fingers. Yeah. Like when I went to go grab Aaron's mic, I made sure I grabbed mine with the right and I grabbed Aaron's. Because <laughs> you're not going to catch me. Not that I got to live a whole different lifestyle with hot chips. Like, you do. It's, it's just, it's a, you know, it's a culture. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> So the jury's out on the Oreos. I'm saying it's a crime to do the the Mountain Dew. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not fucking with it. I'm it's not. a crime that I'm willing to participate. Yeah, yeah. Everybody get kicked off. The That's podcast. what I'm saying. As soon as you pull up, the police gonna be here. Uh, I hope it was good. our community safety team. <laughs> right. Doing accountability. They're gonna have to pull me 
and like let's we're gonna have to have a restorative justice conversation. <laughs> I was harmed by you partaking in this drink <laughs> and bringing it to my my home address. Oh, I forgot to say flavor hot flames. Those make your breath stink, but they're so good. That sounds. I never tried those. That sounds. I good. almost grabbed those, but they didn't have. I I wanted no chip. Please hold. Take this. Like I just. You know, people ask me that question about Taco Bell too, and it just don't bother me. <laughs> I, I like eat Taco Bell so much that people ask you that question specifically. <laughs> Because I talk like whenever anybody mentions food, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll run the Taco Bell. I I, I recently, you know, hopped back on because I, I didn't eat it for like six months, and so I recently started back eating like maybe once every like ten days, two weeks, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, Taco Bell do be slapping. I don't know. Like good. when I turned 25, I think my body just decided like I can't eat anything, mm-hmm. so I just deal. Just I mean, I've been lactose intolerant my whole life. Have I stopped eating pizza, ice cream? No. Yeah, no. So I can just do my People who are lactose intolerant don't give a fuck. They don't. Just like a dairy pill. Don't care. Oh, Lord. Okay. Well, we'll we'll circle back on the pretzel cookies. We'll let y'all know on our socials whether or not we actually get a pack or two or three. And I will definitely know, let you know about the uh, Mountain Dew. Actually, you know what? Next time we record, bring one over. I'll get some tequila. I'm going to try it out. (laughs) I know. Tequila? Tequila? You said said spicy margarita. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Okay. Absolute hell. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. And we Please have not addressed it directly. Not because we don't care, but because we probably care a little too much. Mm-hmm. So right. love on yourselves, love on your people. Yes. Absolutely. Same. And talk with us on the internet if you feel up to it. Yeah. Hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook at Ina Podcast, and then on Twitter at Ina Pod. You can always DM us. We always respond, even if it's not necessarily about about the podcast. We'll respond to y'all. And you can listen to us anywhere where you can find podcasts, Apple, you can listen to us on Spotify, Amazon, places like that. And we're going away on Facebook, so you can't listen directly from the page. But the group's still there. Yes, but the group's still there. And join us in the group. Yeah, we love y'all thoughts. So cool. All right. Okay, we will talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.